amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Bareback Facts, of course, with me, your host, Dallas Duclo. And I've got to say right now, guys, I am having some issues with my music. So we're going to proceed without it for now. Um, since we don't have it at the moment going, I'm not sure. Ah, there we go. Beautiful. Beautiful. Now we can have, uh, we can have a little bit of music here. Maybe, maybe. Nope. Nope. Doesn't want to do it. All right, guys, today we're going to be talking about Satanism. Uh, we are going to specifically be talking more so about the origins of Satanism. Where does it come from? Where does this concept come from? What is its origin? What are the key tenets within Satanism? What makes it significant? What makes it appealing to people? Ah, here we go. Let's have a little bit. Hardly makes it a spot without some intro music, doesn't it? All right. So we're going to be talking a little bit about where does Satanism come from? And we're going to take away uh, a lot of the mysticism, a lot of the uh, misconceptions about Satanism. So let's not waste any time. Let's get right into it. Let's get started. All right. So first thing we need to remember uh, is there are some things about Satanism that separate it from other religious ideologies that exist uh, today. We have a lot of different religious ideologies that ha- that exist in our world, and this one is particularly unique. Uh, so what is so unique about Satanism? Well, uh, while Satanism is one of the most controversial belief systems in the world today, uh, in whatever expression it takes, and we'll get to that particular aspect of it in a moment, uh, Satan, who not all satanic groups acknowledge or recognize, is presented in the Hebrew and Christian Bible as the chief enemy of God and the most evil being in the universe. As a result, excuse me, as a result, many people both fear and are intrigued by certain versions of Satanism, uh, in especially expressions that incorporate things such as quote-unquote satanic worship and quote-unquote satanic symbols. Uh, terms like Satanism, Satanic, and even the name Satan encompass a variety of ideological, philosophical, and spiritual beliefs today. Satanic groups can be quite different from one another, uh, but use the same terminology. There are different ways to classify Satanic groups according to how each group believes and behaves, and not every group performs Satanic rituals uh, as you would assume that they would. Uh, Not every group or person who practices Satanism uh, participates in Satanic worship, reads the Levian Satanic Bible written by Levay, or uses traditional Satanic symbols, or even attends the Church of Satan. 
So not every form of Satanism professes a belief in gods or spirits. While some forms of Satanism uh, believe in spiritual entities, other have a materialistic worldview, and in relation to faith and religion, they are atheists or agnostics. Uh, so let's take a look at the official Church of Satan itself, uh, which was founded on April 30th, 1966 by Anton Zander LaVey. Uh, they claim to be the first above-ground organization in history to openly dedicate to be openly dedicated to the acceptance of man's true nature, that of a carnal beast living in a cosmos that is indifferent to our existence. To those members of the Church of Satan, Satan is the symbol that best suits the nature of who we are by carnal birth. Uh, who we are, yes, uh, nature of we who are carnal by birth, I should say. People who feel no battles raging between their thoughts and feelings, who do not embrace the concept of a soul imprisoned in a body. Uh, to them, Satan represents pride, liberty, and individualism, qualities often defined as evil by those who worship external entities uh, who feel there is a war between their minds and their emotions. Uh, as... And if you take a look, LaVey explains in his classic work, The Satanic Bible, man using his brain invented all the gods and doing so because many of our species cannot accept or control their personal egos, feeling compelled to conjure up one or a multiplicity of characters who can act without hindrance or guilt upon whims and desires. Therefore, all gods are thus externalized forms, magnified projections of the true nature of their creators, personifying aspects of the universe or personal temperaments which many of their followers find to be troubling. Uh, worshiping any god is thus worshiping by proxy those who invented that god in the mind of a Satanist. So, uh, for Satanists, worshiping any god is is therefore worshiping anyone who formulated the idea of that God. You are worshiping an idea created by another person, at least in the view of Satanists. Since the Satanist understands that all gods are fiction, instead of ben bending a knee in worship to or seeking friendship or unity with such mythical entities, he places himself at the he or she places themselves at the center of their own subjective universe and as uh, as its own as the highest value within that universe, so they themselves place themselves at the center of their own universe. They are the most important thing in their own universe. They create their own universe. So, Satanists are the thus their own gods. They can offer love to those who deserve it, deliver their wrath within reasonable limits upon those who seek to cause them. Or, or that which they cherish harm. So these are some of the ideas behind Satanism. Now, I know this sounds a little spooky, but it's really not. Uh, there are some rules, and we're going to get into those. So first off, we're going to start with uh, the 11 Satanic rules of Earth, of the Earth. These are rules. Uh, that Satanists tend to try and follow. Uh, these come from the book Xander uh, LaVey wrote, Anton LaVey wrote. The first on the list is do not give opinions or advice unless you are asked. Uh, this 
means that I would not make a very good Satanist, unfortunately. I'm so sad. I'm getting left out of the club. Number two, do not tell your troubles to others unless you are sure they want to hear, man, I would really be a terrible Satanist. Number three, when in another's lair, show him respect or else do not go there. Well, I think we can all agree to that. Number four, if a guest in your abode annoys you, you may treat him cruelly and without mercy. Well, you know, I'm kind of on board. Number five, do not make sexual advances unless you are given the mating signal. Um, I don't know what their mating signal is, but I'm assuming that that means uh, unless you are given invitation. So... Do that. Do with that in knowledge what you will. Uh, number six is do not take that which does not belong to you unless it is a burden to the other person and he cries out to be relieved. Number seven, acknowledge the power of magic if you have employed it successfully to obtain your desires. If you deny the power of magic after having called upon it with success, you will lose all that you have obtained. Well, so this is sort of a, an interesting way of viewing magic, a little bit different than what we view within uh, the realm of Wicca um, or you know, other forms of religion that practice witchcraft to a degree. Uh, number eight, do not complain about anything to which you need not subject yourself. Well, this is an interesting way of viewing the world, to say the least, uh, rather than complain. Uh, you should de- determine whether or not what you're complaining about is something you can change. And if you can change it, uh, at least in the view of Satanists, you shouldn't complain about it. Number nine, uh, big, big one here within Satanism, do not harm little children. Uh, so key tenet here within Satanism is do not harm little children. Uh, Number 10 is do not kill non-human animals unless you are attacked or you must eat. Uh, So uh, again, right off the bat, we've got two rules uh, that suggest, well, actually I've seen three so far uh, that that we could probably assume uh, do a very good job that we can probably assume are pretty important. And we can also see that these three, which I'm going to circle back to in a moment, uh, definitely undercut some of the misconceptions about Satanism. We'll return to that in a moment when we get down the list. Uh, The final of these 11 Satanic rules of the earth, when walking in open territory, bother no one. If someone bothers you, ask him to stop. If he does not stop, destroy him. I, I really wish I had a soundbite for that. I had so many ideas. Uh, but we, we will move on from that. So I want to circle back to these three very specific rules from this list uh, that, for me, uh, take away some of the mysticism uh, and some of the misconceptions about Satanism. Because in many cases, when we, talk, when we hear people talk about Satanism, we, talk, we hear people assume violence and they assume uh, blood sacrifice and uh, you know, rituals of sex with with children and and women who don't have a choice and all these all these ideas. So uh, the the fifth rule on the list is do not make sexual advances unless you are given the mating signal, which I can only assume means do not make sexual advances towards a person uh, unless they are attempting to reciprocate uh, their interest in you. Uh, this 
really kind of flies in the face against some of the, the sort of fear-mongering that people have done about Satanism in, in that uh, they suggest that, you know, Satan, Satanists are rather violent and they will do terrible things to you, uh, which is not necessarily true. Uh, then we take a look at uh, number nine here. Do not harm little children. I mean, I can't tell you how many stories I've personally heard, you know, from people that just have no idea what they're talking about, who talk about Satanists as though they will literally sacrifice children on altars and, and murder them and all this terrible, terrible nonsense uh, that they will, they will, that they abuse people. Uh, as in particular children and, and women and, and the like. Uh, and then finally, do not kill non-human animals unless you are attacked or for your food. Again, there's all these misconceptions, all this myth about uh, satanic cults uh, that doesn't really have a whole lot of ground to stand on, at least among those who would practice, you know, this particular brand of Levian Satanism, which is particularly one of the best, better known varieties of satanism uh and these three rules sort of fly in the in the face of the uh, of the sort of propaganda-esque discussions you hear people have about satanism uh the sort of mysticism that's involved with it that oh my gosh they worship they probably like eat babies they drink fetuses or something that's going to be terrible uh and yet uh right off the bat Within these within these eleven uh, almost commandments, really, uh, they basically say, you know, don't do these things. Uh, so if a person is truly in belief of of this ideology, they're going to stop. They're not going to. Uh, they're not going to have anything to do with those sorts of things. Uh, I want to move on now to the nine satanic sins. That's right. There are satanic sins that a satanist can commit, and there are nine of them. Uh, Little little one-upmanship, or in this case, a two-upmanship. Booyah! So instead of uh, seven deadly sins, they got nine. Uh, they're stepping it up. Get your game on. Uh, number one, the number one uh, on the list of the nine satanic sins, uh, according to Anton LaVey. Stupidity. Uh, the top of the list for satanic sins, uh, it is the cardinal sin of Satanism. Uh, what does uh, LeVay have to say about it? Uh, he says ignorance is one thing, but our society thrives increasingly on stupidity. It depends on people going along with whatever they're told. The media promotes a cultivated stupidity as a posture that is not only acceptable but laudable. Satanists must learn to see through the tricks and cannot afford to be stupid. Stupidity is seen as a ch- is the chief sin. Uh, one one major major aspect of Satanism is to be constantly trying to improve yourself by seeking knowledge. Uh, again, if we look at Satanism, uh, they trace much of their roots to this uh, this allegorical figure uh, to a degree. Many of the characters within the Bible are, are rather allegorical, and, and that is to say that they are uh, they don't necessarily have to be real people. Uh, in many cases, probably aren't. Uh, but they do teach a lesson uh, in many cases, uh, and that is what makes them valuable. Uh, Satan himself uh, is a whole slippery slope. Uh, the word Satan uh, comes from an Arabic word, shaitan, uh, which means adversary or to judge uh, in certain translations. Uh, and the first time you really see it in the Bible in particular or in the Old Testament of the Torah, 
which, which is the, you know, makes up a great deal of the Torah, uh, is uh, in the book of Job, uh, in which God makes uh, somewhat of a wager with, with this figure, Satan, who is actually an angel that's working for him. Uh, and basically, God gives him power to basically ruin Job's life. Uh, and the the thought behind this is, if we ruin Job's life, he'll turn his back on me, and then we'll know how much he really loves me, because... You know, that's the best way to do it. It's kind of like the game that your crazy ex-girlfriend played with you, where she would ask you a question that she already knew the answer to, and then basically just made your life miserable. Uh, Basically, she put you in a no-win situation. Uh, This is what God and and Satan did. They put uh, poor Job in a a no-winner. Uh, they gave him all kinds of good stuff, and then at the end of the day, they pretty much kill his whole family, uh, and they kill all of his livestock, and they strike him with leprosy and all this good stuff. Uh, but it's okay because Job's a trooper, and he sticks it out, and it's all gravy from there. It's all gravy. He sticks it out. God supposedly gives him everything back, and it's better than it ever was before. But never you mind the fact that he killed everything that everybody and everyone uh, that Job ever loved before that, uh, we won't get into that. That's not as important. Uh, but what is important is that this figure, Satan, uh, appears prominently in not really, doesn't really appear prominently in the Bible from that point on. He actually appears more prominently in a work done by Milton, Lost, for those of you unfamiliar with it. And this is. John Milton's work. Uh, it is a poetic book. Collect. It's a large poem uh, that discusses these fall of the angels from heaven. Their their uh, disgrace. Uh, they, he is the first guy to really really write about Lucifer or Satan as we would formulate him. Uh, and it is this allegorical figure within Milton's construction within Milton's poem that uh, Satanists draw their inspiration from because uh, this version of Satan uh, is actually known as Lucifer, which means the light bringer. He is this bringer of knowledge. He is a rebellion, a spirit of rebellion, a spirit of uh, that seeks wisdom. Uh, and so this is why uh, Satanists tend to this is where this idea of Satanism really gets its roots from, this idea that they can be uh, light bringers. They themselves uh, can find this knowledge. Uh, they, they view Satan, the character Satan, or Lucifer, as the ultimate rebel. Uh, he sticks out. Uh, he, he doesn't go with the status quo, and he really stands up against dogma. He stands up against uh, really organized religion, organized everything. He is the bringer of, you know, he's, he's, the, he's, the, he's the rebel. He's a rebel, and his cause is to bring knowledge and wisdom uh, in what he views to be an archaic society, a society that is largely uh, living in the past. And he's here to bring on the future. Uh, so with that little segue, uh, which was in my, which kind of felt like I needed to go back and, and, and cover that for you guys, uh, let's get back to these nine satanic sins. So, 
We talked about the first, which is stupidity, uh, which, in fact, which tentative, which actually uh, allowed me for a very nice little segue to talk about uh, where this idea of Satan and Lucifer come from. The second satanic sin is pretentiousness. Uh, empty posturing can be most irritating uh, and isn't applying the cardinal rules of quote-unquote lesser magic on equal footing with stupidity for what keeps the money in circulation uh, these days. Everyone's made to feel like a big shot whether they can come up with the goods or not. So uh, don't don't be pretentious. Uh, don't, don't walk around acting like you're better than somebody else, uh, better than everybody else. Solipsism. Uh, this is the third satanic sin. Uh, it can be. It's Levay says it can be very dangerous for Satanists, projecting your reactions, responses, and sensibilities onto someone who is probably far less attuned than you are. It is the mistake of expecting people to give you the same consideration, courtesy, and respect that you naturally give them. They won't. Uh, instead, Satanists must uh, must strive to apply the dictum of do unto others as they do unto you. It's work for, for, for people uh, and requires constant vigilance lest you slip into a comfortable illusion of everyone being like you. Uh, as has been said, certain utopias would be ideal in a nation of philosophers, but unfortunately we are far from that point. So in the view of LaVey, uh, you can't grow complacent, uh, but you also can't assume that everybody is going to be cool with you uh, not everybody is going to like you, and that's okay. You shouldn't try to make everybody like you. Well, this is an interesting way of, of uh, looking at things. Number four is self-deceit. It's in the nine satanic statements, which we're also going to look at, but deserves to be repeated here, according to LeVay, another cardinal sin. Uh, do not pay homage to any of the sacred cows presented to you, including the roles we are expected to play ourselves. The only time self-deceit should be entered into is when it's fun and with awareness, but then it's not self-deceit. So according to LeVay, uh, you mustn't allow yourself to be deceived uh, by yourself. You can't delude yourself into believing what everybody else is. Ah, number five, here comes one of the big ones, herd conformity. <coughs> Excuse me. Herd conformity. The ob- now, obviously, from a satanic stance, uh, we're, we're going to want to stay away from that. Uh, it's all right to conform to a person's wishes if it ultimately benefits you, but only fools follow along with the herd, letting an impersonal entity dictate you. Choose a master wisely instead of being enslaved by the whims of the many. Uh, so according to LeVay, it's very important. Uh, that you're able to accept new information, but you cannot allow yourself to just go with the fl- go with the flow, as it were. Uh, you can't allow yourself to get caught up uh, in what everybody else is doing, because you're not like everybody else. You're different. You're special. Uh, you have you, you are entering into a a world largely based on knowledge and finding knowledge and accepting and, and looking for new information. And so you can't, you, you got to leave yourself open. If you just accept everything and just jump right into what everybody else is doing, you're going to miss out. So uh, you don't want to do that. Number six, a lack of perspective. So uh, this one can lead to a lot of problems for Satanists. You must never lose sight of who and what you are and what a threat you can be by your very existence. We, according to LeVay, uh, Satanists are making history right now every day. Always keep the wider historical and social picture in mind. Uh, this is an important key to both lesser and greater magic. See, 
the patterns and fit things together as you want the pieces to fall into place. Do not be swayed by herd constraints. Know that you are working on another level entirely from the rest of the world. So you must maintain perspective. Uh, Keep everything in perspective with what you are doing. Number seven, forgetfulness. Be aware that this is one of the keys to brainwashing people into accepting something new and different, when in reality it's something that was once widely accepted but is now presented in a new package. Uh, We're expected to rave about the genius of the creator and forget the original. This makes for a disposable society. So uh, in the view of LeVay, it's important that you don't forget uh, past orthodoxies. Remember what... Uh, what you know about religion so you don't slip and fall and end up back in the church. You don't want to do that. Uh, Number eight, counterproductive pride. Pride is great to the point when you begin to throw out the baby, uh, uh, to the point you begin to throw out the baby with the bathwater, according to LeVay. The rule of Satanism is if it works for you, great when it stops working for you, when you've painted yourself in their corner and the only way out is to say, I'm sorry, I made a mistake, I wish we could compromise somehow, then you must do it. So according to LeVay, pride is something that it's okay to have, uh, but you have to know when you are wrong and be willing to accept that uh, because eventually you will be wrong and you need to be able to accept that and move on from that and grow as a person. Uh, so right, we're moving right along here. Finally, number nine, the ninth. Satanic sin. Spooky. Uh, This is the physical application of the balance factor. Lack of aesthetics. Aesthetics is important and should be cultivated. It is obvious that no one can collect any money off of classical standards of beauty and form most of the time, so they are discouraged in a consumer society. But an eye for beauty, for balance, is an essential satanic tool and must be applied for for greatest magical effectiveness. It's not what's supposed to be pleasing, it's what is. So aesthetics is a personal thing reflective of one's own nature, but there are universally uh, pleasing and harmonious configurations that should not be denied. So uh, don't don't be afraid not to go out there and get get yourself what you want. Ah, so now we're going to move on to the next. Uh, set of statements. This is the nine satanic statements. Nine satanic statements here. So we talked about the nine satanic sins. Uh, We talked about the 11 satanic rules of the earth. Now we're going to talk about the nine satanic statements, uh, which originally appeared in the satanic Bible. And let's get right into it. So number Number one, Satan represents indulgence instead of abstinence. Number two, Satan represents vital existence instead of spiritual pipe dreams. Number three, Satan represents undefiled wisdom instead of hypocritical self-deceit. And number four, uh, Satan represents kindness to those who deserve it instead of love wasted on ingrates. Uh, I didn't write it. I'm just reading it to you. Satan represents vengeance instead of turning the other cheek. This is number five. Number six, Satan represents responsibility to the responsible instead of concern for quote-unquote man as just another animal, sometimes better, more often worse than those that walk on all fours, who because of his divine, spiritual, and intellectual development has become the most vicious animal of all. Number eight, Satan represents all of the so-called sins as they lead to physical, mental, or emotional gratification. 
And number nine, Satan has been the best friend the church has ever had and has kept it in business all these years. So, that's sort of a playful jab there by the Church of Satan against uh, mainstay of church in general, the Christian church. Uh, so here we've got some, we've got a, a, a decent grasp now of <clears throat> of uh, what we're looking at here. So we, we've got a decent grasp now of sort of what the tenets of Satanism are, what sort of the beliefs are. Now, again, we return to this, the fact that not every person who believes in Satanism, not every person who practices it, uh, is really down with, you know, Satan. They're like all about the devil and and demons. Uh, there are plenty of Satanists who are atheists or agnostic, and they just simply believe uh, in uh, a more hedonistic lifestyle, a lifestyle in which uh, they do what they desire to do. Uh, they pursue desire above all else. Um, they, they go after the things that they want uh, in life. Um, which is an inter- which is a different way of viewing the world. Uh, they don't uh, they're not caught up on this uh, on on ideas about judgment, uh, about judgment day. They're not worried about where they're going to spend eternity. They're not worried about those things. Uh, in contrast, uh, those Satanists who are professed atheists and agnostics see Satanism as a philosophical worldview manifesting in a particular lifestyle, often characterized by questioning authority. <clears throat> Excuse me. Wow. Crystal water. Uh, so, again, as I mentioned earlier, uh, when I did my little brief segue from uh, the nine satanic sins, and I talked about uh, what Satan represents uh, for many Satanists, um, in a, in a, from a philosophical standpoint, Satan is a rebel. Right? He represents rebellion. Uh, he represents questioning authority. Uh, and we see here that uh, for many Satanists, particularly those who are atheists or agnostics, uh, they see Satanism as a philosophical worldview uh, manifesting in a particular lifestyle that is often characterized by questioning authority. Uh, so there are those who are more likely to perform Satanic rituals. Uh, those people are more spiritual uh, in nature. They are more uh, tied to a spiritual sense of Satanism, whereas uh, those who are more atheist or agnostic or less spiritual, they're probably not going to perform magic or rituals. Uh, satanic groups include a wide range of adherents. Some Satanists, uh, you know, are, you know, dabbling in self-proclaimed diabolical groups and covens. Uh, and these young people practice Satanism recreationally, and their activities often include uh Listening to heavy metal music uh, with satanic, you know, lyrics and role-playing games and drug use and whatnot, uh, which is, uh, to a degree, uh, problematic in and of itself. These individuals uh, that are dabbling in Satanism tend to just be kind of experimenting a little bit and seeing what works for them. Other Satanists belong to groups whose purpose is less recreational. Uh, this is this type of satanic order, such as the Church of Satan, is often esoteric and regularly practices occult rituals, and is often a, populated by adults rather than youngsters uh, and teenagers. Satanic organi- organizations themselves have different purposes. Some are public, while others are private. Public groups are sometimes incorporated as nonprofit religious organizations and can even have tax exempt status in the U.S. 
Uh, this subset of Satanism produces the most literature uh, and is even recognized by the United States military. Uh, there are, however, private groups as well, which are large, which largely operate in secret. Uh, Satanism itself uh, is not one is not any one set of beliefs. It is a group of ideological and philosophical beliefs based on the character of Satan. Uh, the contemporary religious practice of Satanism began, of course, with the founding of the Church in, of Satan in 1966. Although uh, a few historical precedents do exist for the worship of Satan or supposed satanic worship, uh, and these. These uh, prior to the public practice, Satanism existed primarily as an accusation by various Christian groups toward perceived ideological opponents rather than a self-identity. So in many cases, uh, people were using Satanism, term Satan uh, in the old context, which was to say they were an adversary of the church. Um, now, it's been used, Satanism and symbols associated with Satanism have been, you know, used and appropriated by artists and entertainers for symbolic expression. Uh, throughout, throughout history, people have been accused of practicing Satanism or quote-unquote devil worship. Uh, during the Middle Ages, we saw uh, the Inquisition, which, which was attached to the Roman Catholic Church, alleged that various heretical Christian sects and groups such as the Knights Templar and the Cathars uh, were performing secret Satanic rituals. Uh, of course, they had no evidence for that. Uh, in the subsequent uh, early modern period, belief in a widespread satanic conspiracy of witches resulted in mass trials of alleged witches across Europe, uh, something I talked about a little bit before. Uh, accusations that satanic conspiracies were active and that they were behind events such as Protestantism and the French Revolution continued to be made in Christendom during the 18th to 20th century. In the 80s and 90s, the satanic ritual abuse hysteria spread through the United States and the United Kingdom amid, fe amid fears that groups of Satanists were regularly sexually abusing and murdering children and their rights. Uh, however, in most of these cases, again, there is no corroborating evidence that, that any of that took place uh, or that any of the people uh, who, were who were abusing children uh, were ever actually practitioners of a satanic religion or guilty of the allegations leveled against them in those cases. Um, so since the 19th century, various small religious groups have emerged that self-identify as Satanists or use Satanic iconography. Appeared in the after the 60s are widely diverse. Uh, but two major trends are theistic Satanism and atheistic Satanism. Something I've already talked about. There are those who uh, believe in a in a theology involving Satan or involving uh, certain forces that they believe in within Satanism. Uh, and then there are atheistic uh, ones. So theistic Satanists tend to venerate Satan as an actual supernatural deity, viewing him not as an omnipotent, but rather as a patriarch. Uh, so he is the father of their religion, so to speak. Uh, in contrast, atheist, atheistic Satanists regard Satan as merely a symbol of certain human traits. Uh, so, Uh, contemporary religious Satanism is predominantly an American phenomenon. The ideas uh, spreading elsewhere with the effects of globalization and the Internet, however, uh, and the uh, Internet spreads awareness of other Satanists. is also the main battleground for Satanist disputes. Uh, it started to reach Central and Eastern Europe in the 1990s in time with the fall of the Soviet Union and most noticeably uh, uh, 
sprang up around Poland and Lithuania, predominantly Roman Catholic countries. So interestingly enough, uh, Satanism does have a bit of worldwide following. <clears throat> now, uh, again... As we move forward here, some more of this literature. Now, from the late 17th through the 19th century, the character of Satan was increasingly rendered unimportant uh, in Western philosophy and ignored in Christian theology. While in folklore, uh, he came to be seen as a foolish rather than menacing figure. Uh, The development of new values in the Age of Enlightenment in particular, uh, those of reason and individualism contributed Uh, to a shift in how many Europeans began viewing this concept of Satan. Uh, In this context, a number of individuals took Satan out of the traditional Christian narrative and re-read and reinterpreted him in light of their own time and their own interests, uh, in turn generating new and very different portraits of Satan. Uh, The shifting view of Satan, again, uh, owes many of its origins to John Milton's epic poem, Paradise Lost, from 1667, something I already talked about. Uh, in which Satan features as the protagonist. Uh, Now, while Milton himself never intended uh, to portray Satan as a sort of uh, sympathetic character within the story, uh, he does portray Satan as a victim of his own pride who rebelled against God. He humanized him and also allowed him to be interpreted as a rebel against tyranny. Uh, This is how Milton's Satan was understood by later readers like the like uh, Joseph Johnson, the publisher, and the anarchist philosopher William Godwin, who reflected in his book from 1793, Inquiry Concerning Political Justice. Uh, Paradise Lost gained a wide readership in the 18th century in Britain and in continental Europe, where it had been translated in French by Voltaire. Uh, thus, uh, Milton, became a, Milton thus became a central character in rewriting Satanism and would be viewed by many later religious Satanists as, de, as a de facto Satanist, uh, although I'm sure he would have something to say about that. Now, uh, Romanticism factored in heavy as well into the re, reemergence of what has been termed the literary Satanism or romantic Satanism. Uh, among Romanticist poets, uh, to adopt this view of Satan was an English poet, uh, Percy B. Shelley, um, who wrote uh, in his poem, Leon and Sitna, uh, praised the serpent, a reference to Satan as a force for good in the universe. Of course, Lord Byron, who included satanic themes in his 1821 play Cain, uh, which, of course, is a dramatization of the biblical story of Cain and Abel. Um, Another place that Satanism has been particularly uh, influential, if only for the imagery uh, that's, in, that's used, the icons, uh, the, you know, the symbols that they supposedly use. Uh, we need only look uh, to bands during the 60s and 70s, uh, namely uh, the American Coven, British Black Widow. Um, but Satan, uh, references to Satan appear in the work of rock bands who were pioneering uh, the heavy metal genre in Britain during the 70s. Uh, Black Sabbath, for instance, made mention of Satan in their lyrics, although many of their band's uh, members were practicing uh, Christian Christians and other lyrics affirmed the power of the Christian God over Satan. Uh, in the 80s, greater use of satanic imagery is made by heavy metal bands like Slayer, Creator, Sodom, and Destruction. 
there are loads and loads of bands uh, who use, um, uh, particularly uh, in the realm of heavy metal and death metal, we've got uh, Deicide, Morbid Angel, Entombed, et cetera, et cetera. All these bands uh, invoking sort of uh, satanic imagery, quote-unquote, satanic imagery, uh, you know, um, pictures of Baphomet and the like uh, that have oftentimes been tied to Satanism. Uh, So we take a look uh, at... I want, to, I want to go back now. Uh, now that we've sort of gotten to the more popular view now, we've kind of, I hope it's coming together for you guys. I hope you're enjoying this. So we've, we've, come, to get, we've come to some more of the more popular view <clears throat> of what people view about Satanism. Now, I want to talk a little bit about Anton LaVey, uh, who is seen as basically the founder of the Church of Satan. He is the writer of the Satanic Bible. So let's get right into him. Uh, Anton Zander LaVey uh, was born in 1930, and uh, he. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm an, uh, I'm an issue there. Um, let's get that back. There we are. There we go. Now, uh, Anton LaVey uh, was born in 1930, uh, April April 11, 1930, in Chicago, Illinois, uh, and he would die in, on October 29, 1997, uh, in San Francisco. Now, LaVey uh, was is the founder, or was the founder of the Church of Satan, I should say, uh, which is the first organized church in modern times. <clears throat> promulgating a religious philosophy championing Satan as the symbol of personal freedom and individualism. Unlike the founders of other religions who claimed exalted inspiration uh, delivered through some supernatural entity, LeVay readily acknowledged that he used his own faculties to synthesize Satanism based on his understanding of the human animal and insights gained from earlier philosophers who advocated materialism and individualism. Concerning his role as a founder, he said that if he didn't do it himself, someone else, perhaps less qualified, would have. Uh, So a man that thought rather highly of himself, to say the least. Again, he was born in Chicago. His parents soon relocated to California, the westernmost uh, gathering place for the brightest and darkest manifestations of the American dream, according to LaVey. Uh, He saw it as a fertile environment for for a sensitive child that he was, who would eventually mature into the role uh, into a role that the press would dub the Black Pope. Um, from his Eastern European grandmother, young LeVay learned of superstitions that are still extant in that part of the world. These tales whetted his appetite for the uh, for the Otra, leading him to become absorbed in classic dark literature such as Dracula and Frankenstein, uh, which he devoured with a fury. He also became an avid reader of the pulp magazines, which first published tales now deemed classics of the horror and science fiction genres. He later befriended a seminal weird tales authors such as Clark Ashton Smith, Robert Barbour Johnson, and George Haas. His fantasy was captured by fictional characters found in the works of Jack London in comic strip characters like Ming the Merciless, as well as historical figures of a diabolical cast such as uh, Tagliostro, Rasputin, and Basil 
uh, Zarahoff. Now, more interesting to him uh, than the available occult literature, which he dismissed as being little more than sanctimonious white magic, were books of applied obscure knowledge such as Dr. William Wesley's Cook's Practical Lessons in Hypnotism, Jane's Fighting Ships, and Manuals for Handwriting Analysis. Bouvet himself uh, possessed some musical skill, abilities uh, were noticed early. He was given free reign by his parents to try his hand at various instruments, interestingly enough. Uh, LeVay was mainly attracted to keyboards because of their scope and versatility, and he found time to practice and could easily reproduce songs heard by ear without recourse to fake books or sheet music. Uh, this talent would prove to be one of his main sources of income for many years, particularly in his Calliope playing uh, during his carnival days and later his many stints as an organist in bars, lounges, and nightclubs. These venues gave him the chance to study how various melodic lines and chord progressions swayed the emotions of his audience, uh, from the spectators at the carnival and spook shows to the individuals <clears throat> seeking solace for the disappointments of lives and distilled spirits and the smoke-filled taverns for which he was LeVay was providing a soundtrack. His odd interests marked him as an outsider, and he did not alleviate this by feeling any compulsion to be, quote-unquote, one of the boys. Uh, he despised team sports, gym class, and often cut classes to follow his own interests. He was an avid reader and watched films such as those which would l later be labeled film noir uh, as German expressionist cinema such as M, the Cabinet of Dr. Caligari and Dr. Mabuse movies. His flashy mode of dress also served to amplify his alienation from the mainstream. Uh, LeVay would drop out of high school to hang around the hoodlum types and gravitated towards working in the circus and carnivals, first as a roustabout and cage boy and later as a musician. His curiosity would be rewarded through learning the ropes and working an act with the big cats, later assisting with the machinations of the spook show. Uh, he became very well-versed in the many rackets used to separate the rubes from their money, along with the psychology that led people to such pursuits. Uh, he played music for shows on Saturday nights, as well as tent revivalists on Sunday mornings, seeing many of the same people attending both. All of us provided a firm, earthy background for his evolving, cynical worldview. After uh, carnival season ended, LeVay would earn money by playing organ in Los Angeles area burlesque houses, and he relates that it was during this period that he had a brief affair with a then unknown Marilyn Monroe, according to him, supposedly. Uh, LeVay worked for a while as a photographer for the police department, and during the Korean War enrolled in San Francisco City College as a criminology major to avoid the draft. How nice. Uh, both his studies and occupation revealed grim insights into human nature. Uh, at this time, he met and married Carol Lansing, who bore him his first daughter uh, in 1952, Carla Maritza. And a few years earlier, LeVay had explored the writings of Alice, Alias to Crowley, and in 1951 met some of the Berkeley Thelemites. He was unimpressed as they were more spiritual and less wicked than he supposed they should be for disciples of Crowley's Libertine Creed. During the 50s, LeVay supplemented his income as a psychic investigator. Uh, this is a guy that's got a lot of stuff going on. So he helping to investigate nut 
calls referred to him by friends in the police department. These experiences proved to him that many people were inclined to seek a supernatural explanation for a phenomenon that had more prosaic causes. His rational explanations for events often disappointed the complainants, so LeVay embedded more exotic causes to make them feel better, giving him insight as to how religion often functions in people's lives. In 1956, he, he purchased a Victorian house on California Street in San Francisco's Richmond District. It was reputed to have been a speakeasy prior to his purchasing of it. He painted it black. It would later become home to the Church of Satan, and after his death, the house remained unoccupied until it was demolished by the real estate company, which owned the property on October 17th of 2001. LeVay met and became entranced by Diane Haggerty in 1959. He then divorced Carol in 1960. Haggerty and LeVay never married, but she bore him his second daughter, Zena Galatea in 1964 and was his companion for many years. They later separated and she sued him for palimony and this was settled out of court. LeVay's final companion was Blanche Barton who bore him his only son, Satan Xerxes Carnegie LeVay on November 1st of 1993. And what a name. Uh, According to LeVay's wishes, she succeeded him as the head of the church after his death on October 29th of 1997 and in 2001, she passed on this position to Peter H. Gilmore, a longtime member of the Council of Nine. So LeVay led a very colorful life. Uh, he would write the Satanic Bible. and release it and oh let's see here I believe it was 19 did I say that was 1967 is that right yeah so release uh, his copy of the satanic bible I believe in 1967 um, so uh, yeah uh, very colorful life led by a very colorful individual um, left quite a bit of a legacy behind to say the least so let's take a look now that we've gotten an idea of who Anton LaVey is the founder I want to take a look also now at the sigil of Baphomet a prominent uh, sigil uh, it's a Symbol that we see a lot. So, what is the sigil of Baphomet? Um, oh, and for those of you interested, uh, you can, by the way, acquire the Satanic Bible on Amazon. Uh, it was published in 1976, republished in 76. So, you can get a copy of it. So, those of you interested in exploring that. I'd be remiss if I didn't tell you that it is available. Uh, so there have been many rumors and claims regarding the, the sigil of Baphomet. Uh, prior to now, according to the Church of Satan, uh, their website, their official website, prior to worldwide press given uh, being given to the Church of Satan and later the publication of the Satanic Bible, the now familiar goat slash pentagram slash Leviathan graphic had not been used as the prime symbol for Satanism. 
If you examine uh, the literature and imagery predating the founding of the Church of Satan in 1966, Satanism is usually denoted by an inverted cross or crucifix and blasphemous parodies of Christian art. There are also images of goats and devils and demons along with their sigils from grimoires, all used to represent the quote-unquote satanic. However, the complete graphic, which we now call the Sigil of Baphomet, only became associated as the foremost symbol of Satanism in the public and media consciousness after the founding of the Church of Satan and Dr. LeVay's use of it. From its inception, the Church of Satan has constantly spotlighted it, uh, constantly spotlighted in print, film, and television media all over the globe, so this is to be expected. The word Baphomet dates back to the records of the Templar trials, and there are ongoing discussions concerning its derivation and meaning. However, there is no clear evidence that the symbol which we in the Church of Satan call Baphomet is similarly derived. The evidence, if any, has not yet been released in any public form. Uh, just for those of you not particularly familiar with the Templar trials. Uh, the Templars were viciously tortured by the Catholic Church and were and the Catholic interrogators demanded uh, to know who uh, the, the uh, Templars were worshipping if it wasn't God. Uh, even though some of the Templars no doubt claimed they were worshipping God, uh, the Church knew better. They just knew that the, the Templars were just evil. They just knew it. They just believed it in their souls and in their hearts and in their minds that uh, you know, they were just evil people, and so they had to kill them. Uh, and you can, if you're not picking up on the sarcasm there, I'm laying it on pretty thick. Uh, for those of you unfamiliar with the Templar trials, the Catholic Church uh, basically they tortured these guys until they basically gave up a name, and one of the fevered, uh, horrified individuals suffering torment at the hands of the Catholic Church uh, declared that it was Baphomet that they were worshiping in the hopes that he would be uh, spared the uh, fate of his companions. Uh, whether he was or not is still a matter of discussion. How about that as a discussion for another time? Uh, nonetheless, uh, the sigil of Baphomet is uh, has sort of just been re is a reimagining of the pentagram and the pentacle. Uh, that was toyed with by LeVay. And uh, they actually, the Church of Satan did file in 1981 and then received in 1983 a trademark which protects the use of the sigil of Baphomet with the words Church of Satan. Uh, so the Church of Satan therefore has the legal right to place the trademark symbol, meaning uh, registered trademark, next to this combination of symbol and words. This trademark also prohibits anyone from using something similar in combination of name and symbol, which could constitute the legal dilution or blurring of the trademark. Uh, so current trademark laws are now in flux regarding the issue of this of trademark blurring, the use of marks similar to existing trademarks, but they are moving in the direction of favoring the forbidding of marks that could be considered misleading in any way, shape, or form. Uh, so uh, they have a license uh, to use this. Now, the sigil of Baphomet itself uh, is basically just their attempt uh, to take uh, the pentagram. Uh, they use various influences such as the writings of Alephis, Levi's writings, uh, Dogma et Ritual de la Haute Magie, uh, under, translated under the title of Transcendental Magic. Um, so they've basically uh, just taken various writings 
done by uh, several individuals and uh, came up with their own sort of logo and the sigil of Baphomet is what comes out of that. Uh, but rather uh, rather interesting, to say the least, that, that, uh, that they have actually got a trademark to that, something that personally, before I started uh, looking into it, did, I did not know. You learn something new all the time. I want to also now take a look at some of the the Church of Satan's policies. Uh, something very inter- something that we we could all learn a little bit from. Something very interesting uh, that we can take away from this. Um, I want to take a look at this. So one of the Church of Satan's policies uh, that they have they they actually have a policy on drug abuse. Let's take a look at that. Uh, the Church of Satan declared that they do not condone illegal activities if the use of certain drugs is illegal in their country, in your country or, or of residence. They are just that, illegal. Uh, they declared on their, on their, uh, in their official statements, uh, individuals who choose to ignore this and break the law do so at their own peril. Uh, their actions as individuals shall not be construed as being sanctioned by the Church of Satan. Furthermore, they must pay the dire yet fully predictable consequences they brought down upon themselves. As the Church of Satan is not responsible for their actions and will not be used as an excuse for their lawless behavior. Uh, one major component uh, of Satanism that I did not mention is that you are responsible for yourself. There is a uh, a lot more of an, an involvement here uh, on the hand uh, on in the case of Satanism. An individual, just because an individual possesses great power, you as an individual have a great power, great agency, great freedom uh, within Satanism. Uh, whether you practice the spiritual variety, the theistic variety, or whether you practice the atheistic variety, um, there is a sense of independence, a sense of personal freedom that exists within Satanism. Uh, the idea that human beings are capable of great power, uh, and they, Satanism is is one is just one philosophy uh, that focuses on enlightening oneself and empowering oneself. However. Uh, you are still not absolved of your own personal responsibility, and it's something that's made very clear uh, in these tenets of Satanism, and that you are responsible for your actions. Uh, so responsibility to the responsible. If you are a lawbreaker, you're on your own. Uh, the Church of Satan is not going to be protecting you, uh, and Satanism does not allow for you to violate the law of the land that you're in. Uh, so something... Uh, particularly uh, important to mention when we talk about Satanism is that uh, there is a, a definite personal responsibility that exists there. You are personally responsible for your own actions uh, just because you are, you, you can acknowledge yourself as you know, sort of the God of your own universe. Uh, you still have to be willing to face up to the consequences of any action you commit. Um, they also have policies uh, regarding politics. I want to take a look at those as well. Uh, so what constitutes the, constitutes the Church of Satan's stance on any number of political issues is a topic that is often broached by students working on papers, journalists, etc. Now, according to uh, official statements 
by Magus Peter H. Gilmore, who is, uh, I believe, the current head of the Church of Satan. Uh, as has been said many times before, one's politics are up to each individual member, and most of our members are political pragmatists. They support political candidates and movements whose goals reflect their own practical needs and desires. Uh, as, me- as, a- as members of the church span an amazing political spectrum, which includes but is not limited to libertarians, liberals, conservatives, republicans, democrats, reform party members, independents, capitalists, socialists, communists, Stalinists, Leninists, fascists, anarchists, and just about anything else you can possibly imagine. It is up to each member to apply Satanism and determine what political means will reach his or her ends, and they are solely responsible each for their decision. Freedom and responsibility must be a novel concept for those who aren't Satanists. We take it in stride. Members who demand conformity from other members uh, to the, their political particular political fetish are welcome to depart. So, um, again, I want to... This is uh, very important that we take a look at this. One of the major reasons why I want to take a look at the policy that they had on politics is this line here by Magus Peter H. Gilmore uh, that he says it is up to each member to apply Satanism and determine what political means will reach his or her ends, and they are each solely responsible for this decision. Freedom and responsibility must be a novel concept for those who aren't Satanists. We take it in stride as members who are deemed members who are who demand conformity from other members to their particular political fetish are welcome to depart. Uh, this fact this feeds right back into uh, what I was just talking about. Uh, this idea that yes, you're free to do whatever you desire to do within Satanism. You are free to do what you desire to do to believe in what you desire to believe in. However you must be willing to face the consequences of what you believe in and what you do. Uh, just because you have the freedom to do whatever you choose to do does not mean there are not consequences. So you have agency, you have freedom. Uh, and, and and largely within Satanism, there is a stressing of this freedom. There is this idea, this re-emphasis that there is, you are free. You're free to do what you wish to do. You're free to do what you want to do. You can be whatever kind of person you want to be. But you also have to remember that what, with every action comes a, a consequence. Uh, there is a result to every action, and you have to be willing to face up to those consequences uh, because that's what it's – because you, you have to. Um, you're not going to be able to outrun that. Let's see here. Let's see. I want to make sure we don't miss anything here. And those of you who are listening, you can still feel free to ask any questions if I'm moving too fast for you, if you you uh, have questions. You come to me with questions. I will answer your questions. We're almost done. Almost done here. take a look at the hierarchy. There is a hierarchy within the Church of Satan itself. Uh, So let's get into that as well. Uh, Anton LaVey formulated a system of degrees during the earlier years of the Church of Satan, as such was a general practice in many prior social and esoteric uh, organizations. The criteria for elevation in the Church 
of Satan, however, were not based on mysticism or occultism, but on knowledge of practical subjects beyond Satanism, and even more than that, on the application of such wisdom towards measurable ends. So LeVay experimented by mandating the specific colors for medallions, which could be worn by each member according to degree, and for a time, written exams were given to assess a member's readiness for a particular level. Uh, in the mid-70s, it became clear that members, many members had become obsessed with jockeying for position, being overly concerned with their place in the organization rather than working towards advancement in the world outside. This was contrary uh, to our carnal philosophy's emphasis on tangible personal progress. And so uh, the existence of the degrees was de-emphasized in literature and formulaic methods for recognition were jettisoned. Now today, the Church of Satan declares that they – uh, maintain their traditional degrees, but they should not be seen as initiate, initiatory steps which are expected of members. The Church of Satan is not an initiatory organization. It is their position, therefore, that for those with awareness by living fully, you will have plenty of authentic initiatory experiences through the many avenues you explore. Hence, there's no need for such artificial posturing in the Church of Satan. In fact, no member is required to move beyond registered membership uh, the first degree denoting active membership is only for members who seek more involvement with the organization itself and other local members. The remaining degrees from the second through the fifth are not open to application or to request. There's, the specific standards for them will not be publicly released, according to them. Uh, their administration watches the progress of qualified members and may choose to grant recognition to outstanding individuals based on demonstrated excellence in the understanding and communication of satanic theory, coupled with significant potent practices in the arena of the real world, which have produced superior achievements. People naturally and quite organically rise to particular levels, and we may take note at our discretion. This is meritocracy at work, so if you are so inclined, keep the, keep the church updated on your accomplishments so your progress may be noted. So the only thing you got, so basically, guys, you just got to become president, and then you can advance to the highest degree. Uh, so there are some degrees here, so let's take a look here. Uh, the first, of course, is registered member. You become a member of their church. The second is active. Uh, that's the first degree. Uh, registered member is no degree. Active member is the first degree. You're an active Satanist, so this is a person who is actively involved in the church of Satan. Then you progress to witch or warlock, which is second degree. Then you finally you, uh, will get to the fourth, which is magistra or magister, and then you will re reach the level of maga or magus, which I can only assume is head of the organization, since Peter Gilmore is the head of the Church of Satan, and his title is magus. Administrator, agent, and grotto master are descriptive titles for what people do not people do not levels of rank. Thus, they can be held by members with different degrees. High priests and high priestesses are the top administrative titles that can only be held by fourth or fifth degree members. And those who hold the third through fifth degrees are all members of the priesthood of men, Mendes, and individuals with these titles may be called reverend. Uh, very interesting. Uh, so we've got a better, so we've got an idea of what uh, the structure of the Church of Satan looks like. And now we can take a look even further uh, into what it looks like by taking a look at some of the various uh, jobs within the Church of Satan. So let's look first at agents. An agent is an individual who demonstrates a thorough grasp of the philosophy of the Church of Satan, skills in being able to communicate it, and would like to be trained as a contact 
from local media and other interested parties may be chosen to serve as an agent for the Church of Satan. Uh, so there is an application you have to fill and a course that appears to be needed in taking uh, that you have to take. Then we have the priesthood of Mendez. These are individuals who act as spokespersons for the philosophy of the Church of Satan, which include the titles of priest or priestess, magister or magistra, magus or maga. Uh, members of the priesthood make up the Council of Nine, which is the ruling body of the organization. So we do have a ruling body uh, appointed by and responsible to the high priest and high priestess or priestess. Uh, the order of the trapezoid consists of the individuals who assist in the administration of the Church of Satan, and members of their priesthood are people of accomplishment in the real world. They have mastered skills and won peer recognition, which is how they have attained their position. As below, as be- above, so below, they are movers and shakers who are the core of the movement. While expected to be experts in communicating uh, the philosophy of the Church of Satan, they are not required to speak on behalf of the Church, and they may even choose to keep their affiliation and rank secret in order uh, to better serve their personal goals as well as those of the organization. Thus, you may, as a, even as a member, encounter members of the priesthood and never even know it. Membership in the priesthood is by invitation only. The old truism, if you have to ask, you can't afford it, is certainly highly pertinent to the priesthood. Words to the wise, do not ask, how do I become a priest? Uh, So we have an idea. So uh, contrary to popular beliefs about the Church of Satan, there is some semblance of of organization. There is an organization. Uh, There is a hierarchy that exists. Um, for those who are part of the Church of Satan, there is a hierarchy. Uh, they have jobs within their within their church. Uh, like many churches, uh, many organizations, there are uh, certain levels that one can advance to. Uh, interestingly enough, within the Church of Satan, uh, the, one of the major ways in which a person advances is to be successful outside of the church. Uh, so in order to advance to these higher levels within Satanism, a person must be successful in life. They have to achieve outside of just knowing about their religion. They have to pursuing their own desires, their own dreams, their own goals, and be successful in those pursuits in order to find themselves uh, advancing in this organization, which uh, is an interesting way of organizing your religion and organizing, you know, your or in organizing the organization that is, you know, sort of keeping your religious ideology alive. Um, and and to to a degree, we notice that there is a a, a level of secrecy in some cases. Uh, not all the information is available to us, uh, and this is not. Uh, this is not uh, really all that uncommon. There are certain positions within the Catholic Church uh, that we don't know that we don't really know the criteria for because they they are well guarded. They don't they don't tell us what they are. Uh, there are certain levels within various churches in which you cannot, uh, or various other organizations uh, that no, that you don't know about that we don't have access to the information to. Uh, because, quite frankly, they're incredibly secretive about it. They want to protect it, uh, and they don't want to 
just let anybody know. Uh, currently, the administration of the Church of Satan uh, is as follows. Uh, Magus uh, Peter H. Gilmore, as far as I know, uh, is, the, is the guy that's running things right now. Uh, he was appointed uh, to the head of the high priest of the Church of Satan um, in 2001. Besides him, uh, Magistra Peggy Nadrimia is the high priestess, and Magistra Blanche Barton was the Magistra Temp- Templi Rex. Uh, so that is their uh, core leadership right now. That's who's running things uh, for the Church of Satan. Uh, but that's all I've got for you guys today on Satanism. Let me get, let me just point you all in the right direction of places you can look. I mentioned that you could pick up a copy of LeVay's uh, Satanic Bible uh, on Amazon. It's pretty easy to acquire, actually. Uh, you don't even have to go there. You can pick up a copy at Barnes & Noble. Pop into your local Barnes & Noble if you're interested and go get yourself a copy of it. It's really not hard uh, to get. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's not a difficult book to acquire. You can also take a look at... Jespar Agard Peterson's Introduction Embracing Satan, Contemporary Religious Satanism, a Critical Anthology. Uh, you can take a look at that. Uh, the Peculiarities of Lithuanian Satanism uh, by Milda Alaskian. Oh, wow. And uh, finally, you can look at Peter Gilmore's Science and Satanism, uh, which is an interview uh, that he has done point of inquiry uh it's actually um done in it was actually done in 2013 so something to take a look at um you can take a look at the satanic bible of course and finally uh last but not least you might take a look at the home page of the church of satan which is churchofsatan.com uh so Something to take a look at if you're interested in it. Hopefully this has shed some light on an otherwise sort of, uh, well, mystical uh, religion. Uh, as I mentioned before, uh, I did briefly mention this. They do, uh, there are some within uh, Satan, within that practice Satanism that do practice forms of magic, although uh, it's, you know, a little bit different uh, than the magic uh, that you know, people that practice Wicca or other forms of or other forms of paganism uh, practice. Uh, so, satanic magic is a little bit different. Uh, it's often it's often all about uh, acquiring desires. It's all about empowerment. Uh, it's less about worship. Less about uh, and don't get me wrong. There are some rituals within Satanism that are all about worship, uh, but magic. Uh, for the purpose of Satanists is largely about what one can gain rather than uh, what you can do for others or what you can do uh, to improve a situation uh, as it happens within most neo-pagan religions. Uh, Magic is often a way of worship and a way of sort of uh, not only getting closer to the gods and 
that you are trying to worship, but also uh, improving a situation um, or you know, speaking positively to a situation. So that's all I've got for you guys on Satanism. Take a look at churchofsatan.com if you want more information on their church. They have lots and lots of information on there. Take a look at the Satanic Bible if you're interested in it. Hopefully this has given you guys a better understanding of what a Satanist is uh, and what many of them believe in. Uh, not quite the spooky scenario that many of you probably were thinking it was going to be. So, yeah, uh, I think I think we uh, I think we did pretty well today, guys. And I don't see any call-ins today, so I'm going to cut us cut us a little short. We got through a lot of information pretty quickly. Uh, so thanks everybody for tuning in. This has been the Bareback Facts. I'm your host Dallas Duco, and I will be back next week with another edition of the Bareback Facts. Thanks for tuning in. Stay driven. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.